Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. it's a bit cliche to say that a lot changes when you turn 30 you know the end of your 20s is seen as a pretty significant milestone in a person's life and i'll say it from from my newly found personal experience uh as of turning 30 last week uh i can say with some confidence that it has a lot of truth you know, the, the body doesn't exactly do a, a change overnight or anything like that, but you start thinking about where you're going to be at 40 and everything you've gone through up until this point. And so all that being said, I'm I'm excited uh, at the prospect of 30. Uh, should be a, a new fun chapter in my life. And well, there's someone else that's 30 that is in for a a new chapter in their life and that's odell beckham jr recently signing a pretty massive one-year deal with the baltimore ravens this comes as some surprise if uh if you listened to the episode last week with evan and i uh, i was basically under the impression that we wouldn't really get any Odell news uh, until post-draft, and and let alone we wouldn't get any Odell to the Ravens heat unless the Ravens figured out the Lamar Jackson situation, which still has not been figured out. But reports are out there that are implying Lamar Jackson had a lot to do with the Odell signing, a lot to do with the recruitment for him coming to Baltimore. Which, I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of wild uh, to come out with that tweet that he sent a couple weeks back now. Essentially a goodbye letter to the Baltimore fan base. And then to go out there out of his way to bring on OBJ to Baltimore. I, it's, it's very weird, right? But on today's show, we have Evan and Eric back, the OG RPG boys back in the saddle, and we will get into this in detail. We'll get the boys' opinions on things, and uh, and we'll kind of scope in on OBJ's value now that he is on the Ravens and talk a little bit of Lamar Jackson to see if this is kind of a, a sign that things are beginning to 180 there in Baltimore, if if. Now, against all odds, Lamar Jackson to remain the starter for the Baltimore Ravens is kind of chalk. 
Besides that, we've got some other kind of minor news items to go over, and we will be finishing up our Beat the Odds segment, our our little two-parter that Evan and I started last week uh, with the AFC. We'll be talking some NFC win total lines this week uh, and where you can find the value simultaneously going over these teams in the NFC and everything they've done in this offseason. Definitely been a lot of mix-up, a lot of news uh, for all of these teams in general over the past couple months. And so I look forward to the refresher and look forward to seeing what my compatriots think about these teams. That's all we got this week, guys. We are looking at about two, two and a half weeks away from NFL draft time. And so I am sure that the next couple of shows leading up to that will be heavily rookie focused and can't wait to get into that with all of you. And before I hear people start complaining about it, no more delays. Here comes the anchor ad. As always, thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. drinking this beer and it's like for whatever reason i don't know what the deal is making me really burpy i swear goodbye to my mother on the phone five times (laughs) (sighs) one of those dude i've been trying to get off the phone with her for like the last 10 minutes you should you should have just put her on speakerphone we could have had her on the pod man we love moms would have been a great conversation (laughs) we love moms here dude she's yelling at me that i need to get my taxes done so I just got mine done today, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, I got, I got, I got plenty of time. I haven't done in January. You guys are crazy. I don't, I don't even have my W two until like middle of February. Yeah, I had mine done in February, but then I just got lazy about pressing the button to actually send it. <laughs> well, so my issue is I just have like a bunch of different things. So like I have like a bank account here, a bank account there, stocks here, stocks there. And it's just like my W-2, my other my other working profile, it's just like gambling money. And it's just like I have like 10, 10, 12 different things that I need to just compile. So I need to wait until I get all of it. And it's just like I never get all of it like finalized until like middle of March. Like my birthday is usually when I have everything. Plus you have like your three different identities, uh, your yes. your Russian citizenship. Yeah, all of that good stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Venezuelan, okay? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. I didn't say Russian. That was my mistake. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Um, well, we got we got the boys back. We got Eric and Evan in the house. Original, the OG RPG boys. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Yeah, man. I uh, had Evan on last week doing a little bit of uh, beat the odds for the AFC, talking some uh, win totals. But Eric, it's been a minute, man. How you been? been good it's been good just crazy busy with life i mean evan was down here and then um traveling and then flight delays and then work and 
Um, all sorts of crazy stuff going on in life right now, but it feels good to be back. I missed it. I missed chatting with you guys, and I'm sure there's not been enough Trey Lance slander on here lately, so I'm glad to bring that back in. Oh yeah, not nearly enough. Did you uh, did you never get into any debauchery while you guys were hanging out? Ah, uh, we got into some baseball games and in bed by nine. Oh wow, real rebels. <laughs> some bad boys. Damn. I mean, the, 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 hey, look, there were there were a couple of nights we were out until like ten. You know, Ooh. the open mic nights or something. <laughs> well, uh, that's great. I mean, I'm I'm glad you guys got to do that and and hang out and have a good time. Sounds sounds awesome. Go to baseball games, open mics. Sounds like a real good time. Uh, and happy to have you back. Cause yeah, not enough Trey Lance slander, and also just uh, Mr. Cutie little face. So welcome back, buddy. Good to be back. All right, guys. Well, what do you say? We just kind of slide right into things. We we do have some stuff to talk about. Real quick, before we jump into that, I just want to point out, in the time that I have not been here, it was announced that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet, and he is still not a Jet, and it's really worrying me. Yeah, I mean, we've we've kind of touched on that like every episode for the last four weeks or so, so I, I left it off the show note because... Uh, I mean, what I we could get into a little bit if you want, but all all we can really say is, yep, we're still waiting, and we don't know why we're waiting. Uh, the only thing I can like, like actually guess is that the the Jets don't want to trade. They're like, I think they have the thirteenth pick, and so maybe they're they're waiting till after the draft so that that is just that capital isn't like can't be a part of the deal. Otherwise, I have no idea, uh, but it's it's pretty concerning. If you're a Jets fan, my dream scenario is this falls through, and because of how spiteful Rogers is, he comes back to play for the Packers and just screws over their entire plan. Realistically, do you think they play him in that case after after doing saying all the things about committing to love and all of that, or do you think they're just gonna have him hold the clipboard? He's making like fifty five million dollars next year, right? So how do you not play him? Yeah, how do you not? You're really going to pay a man 50? If they decide to sit him on the bench and pay that man $55 million, yeah. go pack it uh, uh, Encore. Him. I was going to say, think, think of the stones that the ownership would have to have to be able to make a move like that. They don't to have just tell him, yeah, sit. Well, yeah, that's true. The GM, yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the city owns them, or people, I guess, people own them. If, if they the cojones to bench a $55 million Hall of Fame quarterback please do and just oh it's just the drama that would come from it would be fantastic I actually at this point i'm almost rooting for it to happen i can't even imagine i can't even imagine it's just so wild if he doesn't go to the jets i am going to be laughing forever i mean i mean what that scenario paints out to right you have dramatic aaron Rodgers, whether they start him or not which is going to throw the packer season for a loop and you leave the jets with zach white zach wilson Sorry, Zach Wilson. You're right. Zach Wilson. You wish you wish he was Mike White. <laughs> Combined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, do you think that is no, I that's still not a good quarterback. <laughs> if Zach Wilson and Mike White combined, that's still not good. But do you imagine we get the week one and the Packer Packers starting quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and the Jets starting quarterback is Zach Wilson? Oh my god. Yeah, that that would be no good. Well, yeah, so still a storyline, obviously, that we're we're waiting to get info about. But the one thing that just from last week that Evan and I were speculating about with Odo Beckham and the fact that, you know, the Ravens, the, the Ravens tendered him an offer. And Evan and I were like, 
cool. Probably no answer until the Lamar question is answered, most likely there. Well, uh, we we were completely wrong because OBJ uh, signed his one-year, $15 million guaranteed contract with the Ravens just this week. Um, reports came out swiftly afterwards that he was recruited heavily by Lamar Jackson. So this is either like a 5D chess move by Lamar of like, I'm going to have you guys sign Odell for a lot of money and still not play for you. Or this is like clear answer. Lamar is going to be a Raven. It's just a matter of time, I guess. Um, For me, I think it flips the odds back in the favor of him being a Raven. Like, I think it shows some kind of commitment. Lamar doesn't strike me as a guy who would lie to his buddy and just ditch on it. Now, if the Ravens keep playing hardball and underpaying Lamar and stuff like that, that's one thing. But if they give him fair offers and they kind of meet somewhere, I don't think Lamar would say say that to Odell to just unless he was just trying to get Odell one last payday or something like I don't know. I and that is a way big overpay for Odell unless it guarantees you Lamar's coming back and then it kind of makes sense. Like I, I kind of want to equate it uh, like to a basketball reference where uh the Clippers traded five first round picks for Paul George, which is ridiculous. But Kawhi Leonard told them he would only come if they got Paul George. So you kind of traded five first-round picks for Paul George and Kawhi, right? It's kind of like that, right? $50 million is a lot for Odell, but if it guarantees you or increases the odds that you get Lamar and Odell, then it's worth it. Right. Like, by all means, the the face value of the one-year contract for a 30-year-old OBJ that has torn both of his ACLs, uh, yeah, you could definitely argue that, that is kind of a busted overpay. But like you were saying, if it means that the Ravens now have uh, this leverage uh, and, and Lamar has incentive to now sign with them, um, I guess it's worth it. Uh, I guess the for like a dynasty question, does this I mean, let me preface by saying for OBJ, this was probably like. I don't want to say one of the better spots for him, but it was a spot that he could go to unlike a lot of other spots where he can come in and essentially like be the bona fide wide receiver one for the team, which it's pretty obvious he will be with that, that kind of contract. Um, Who's to say he can be that guy still with everything he's gone through. But the question becomes for a dynasty perspective, does this make him, I mean, he was off boards. He wasn't being drafted. Uh, he was he was on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Is, does this make him interesting to either of you? I don't care unless it's just a waiver wire pickup. Or like a last 28th round. Uh, I, Rashard Bateman, to me, is still the wide receiver one there, if there is one. And it's not Mark Andrews. I mean, Bateman could still be good, but he hasn't shown anything. He's shown quite a bit when he before he got hurt. He had some good games last year. Yeah. He just needs to be healthy. That's all it is. That's the main point. He's healthy number one in my books. Maybe true. Maybe true. I'm not sure. Um, I think you pay a guy, you know, 15, 18 million for a year. I would assume he's going to come in there and and take most of the targets. Uh, well, besides Mark Andrews, who will probably actually be the wide receiver one in the offense. 
I mean, week one last year, he was wide receiver 24, and week two is wide receiver 13. Yeah, that's that's fine, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I guess, uh, I mean, in terms of his value, though, like, would you, neither of you would give, like, a third for him? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd be fine with that. Uh, that doesn't bother me at all. Would you do a late second? No. Probably not. Okay. I mean, okay, so when you look at his his counting stats um, over his career, I mean, it's really not as crazy as everybody built it up to be. It's just he broke out super early, and he was a very high producer, and then he made this spectacular catch that he did, yeah. and it just kind of set him into superstar status with that. So when you take all of that away and you actually look at it, I mean, he's had more years of being irrelevant at this point than he has of being relevant. Uh, that is very true. So, yeah, I, I have to imagine, again, I mean, this is a the point that I would stick to just for the Ravens in general is like the Lamar Jackson thing. I still think that we just won't really get anything until after the draft. That's that's kind of my prediction. No, because then you don't have to give up draft capital. Wow. Draft capital for this year. If you're somebody trying to sign him. Okay. Um. Well. Yep. So that's the that, that was kind of the big headline, right? We we had some more minor ones that we're we're definitely going to get into here, but that was kind of the main thing, and even that is like kind of lackluster <laughs> in a way. Uh. But moving on to I guess the second biggest thing, uh, Mr. Joe Mixon, Mr. Joe I like guns Mixon, uh, had his charges refiled for uh the menacing. I think it was like a driving while menacing or some some type of driving uh, incident where he had a gun in a car and was like pointing it at someone. I, I don't know all the fine details, but uh, those charges were dropped. And then uh, basically they were they were going to be refiled after investigation. If the investigation showed that they should be refiled, they were refiled this week. And so Joe Mixon is looking at some sort of situation there with the courts so that's something to monitor he was already kind of on the roster bubble for the the Bengals. they they have done pretty much nothing to say that they're committing to him or want him on the team still which kind of makes a little sense to me um i think there's plenty of of good uh, running backs for them to potentially grab in the draft but for you guys i mean i know there's been so i i know eric and me for that matter we have both taken some joe mixon uh in a couple startups this year so how how are you feeling about that, bud? Um, I don't know yet. We'll see. I mean, that court case is still going on with Kamara, and we still haven't heard anything on that either, right? So it's like, how long is this going to go on? Is this going to affect him this year, next year? At what point does he start to fall off and you don't care anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing that really sticks out to me is I think this all but guarantees the Bengals draft a running back in the draft. I don't, I don't know who. But they're gonna, I, they're gonna get somebody. I don't think it's gonna be Bijan, because I don't think they need the top tier guy. But like a Zach Charbonnet, Bigsby, something like that. Just someone who they know can carry the rock for him if there's issues with Mixon, but can also split with Mixon as well. Yeah, Bijan, you're giving him the ball every time. I pretty much agree with you up until the point where I, I think, I think they do want Bijan. I don't think that they can get him necessarily because I think their pick is a little too low. And I think Bijan might go a little higher. Maybe they trade up, but 
I don't think they trade up for a running back either. I, I mean, that would just not be good to do. Um, but I could see a Gibbs. I could see a Gibbs going there. Well, this would be giving away draft predictions, but I I, I see Gibbs as a cheat. Hmm. Well, I don't like that for my Pacheco stocks. I don't either, but I have a weird feeling about it. So just something something to add here. Um, for the most part, the visits that uh, the Bengals have had have not been with running backs. The only top, uh, the only thirty, the, the you know how they get the thirty, yeah. the top thirty visits. Uh, the only top thirty visit that they've used on a running back is Xavier Xavier uh, Valade so far. Oh, interesting. So Arizona State. Um, and you start looking through the guys that they've had. They haven't had a ton of top 30 visits so far. Um, but you also look at tight end and they've looked at arguably the top two tight ends in Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer. And they had them at the combine, not in top 30 visits, but they interviewed them at the combine. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, especially for the Bijan note, I, I do, I really do think that if they could get him, they, they would want to, but I just think he's not going to be available uh, for them to grab and yeah i mean maybe you're right though there the one thing we know about this draft is there's a lot of uh, rb depth and so they could just go with a guy way later and and hope to hit on him they also have like some they have some running back on their depth chart like not proven guys by any means but you know could potentially be players uh losing p ryan i know they they liked him but they still have uh chris, chris evans Adam. Chris Evans, not the not Captain America, uh, but different Chris Evans. And then uh, they also have Travion Williams, both guys that, you know, are kind of just guys. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. They could also add one of these uh, running backs that are, are still free agents. Maybe a Kareem Hunt goes there. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely interesting to note that they haven't really had any meetings with running backs. OK, well, moving on from that into a little more rookie talk because we're weeks away here guys by the way if you haven't checked the calendar uh we are in the month of april which means that the nfl draft is two weeks and a couple days away 27th i believe that thursday is the uh is the first day pretty wild pretty excited for that but uh talking draft talking rookies uh this report came out that jackson smith najigba is reported to be the only wide receiver with a first round grade by many teams. Many, many teams have him on the board as a first round guy and pretty much no other wide receivers, which honestly I'm not super shocked about. Uh, I know there's been talks about like Addison and flowers and other guys going in the first, but I think, I mean, we've all kind of known this, right? Like we've all kind of known that the wide receivers in this class were kind of weak. Um, there were guys that we could like try to get excited about and build a little hype in our heads about, but you know, it's, it's JSN. And then there's like a bunch of guys with a lot of question marks, either they're, they're too small or they're too slow or, you know, with, with Quentin Johnston, we didn't have measurables until like this week and his, his 40, like wasn't anything special. It, it was like fine. And he's got the T-Rex arms <laughs> when he tries to catch a ball. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not a super, I'm not a super Johnston fan. Um, I like Zay Flowers. He He's kind of an interesting guy to me. Uh, Jalen Hyatt is interesting, but they're all small, right? That's kind of like the big knock. 
Um, so is, is this a surprising thing to you guys? Um, and just how high do you think JSN could go? So it, it's not super surprising to me after seeing everybody fade JSN because of being out for most of the season, a little prospect fatigue. And also on top of it, a little, I haven't seen you in a while. So let's fade you a little bit. And then people start putting the tape back on from previous seasons and you look at him and you're like, oh, this is why everybody was so high on him coming into the season. And then he goes out and has elite level short area quickness. So you have all of that together. And it's just a thing, a, a wide receiver that isn't scheme specific. He can play a lot of different roles and probably best used as a, a big slot. Um, but also, you look at him and you say, okay, I don't need to kind of scheme this guy into my offense. Jalen Hyatt, vertical threat. Say Flowers, outside receiver, probably not running across the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, Addison, once again, probably not running across the middle. QJ, pretty much a vertical threat. And get down the field, be a big body, try and get up and, and hopefully come down with the ball. Uh, he's also got some butterfingers, uh, which is rather concerning as well. Yeah, Justin, for me, I just uh, looking at his his tape and watching games, like specifically games that he's in, he just doesn't have the like he should have a really large catch radius, right, with those arms, but he just doesn't look like he does. He doesn't extend, um, which is concerning for a guy like that. And and the the comparable that I've been hearing a ton, and I think Corey, we've talked about this before, is Keenan Allen for JSN. Yep. And it's just like. You look at Keenan Allen, and he's had an incredibly successful career. I mean, you take away a couple soft tissue injuries for Keenan, and you look at him, and you're like, this guy's a perennial Pro Bowl guy or borderline perennial Pro Bowl guy. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Eric? What are your uh, JSN thoughts? Uh, All I got to say about JSN is in the Rose Bowl, which is one of the biggest stages in college football against Utah, who has perennially a fantastic defense, 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, no, that is the that is the game. Yep. Against a team that had NFL talent on it, on its defense. That's all I need to know. Put on that tape and tell me why he shouldn't be the number one wide receiver this year. Yeah. Okay. And then, so the question that that hasn't been answered yet, though, how high do you think JSN could go? This is this might be an unpopular opinion, but I could really see him going to the Jets. I mean, they they've got some wide receivers there, but you know, they do. That does that that does seem. I think I'm right there with you in terms of the spot, right? Like 13 to like 18, maybe would be like the lowest I could maybe see him go. So, so let me give you my reasoning. I think they're going to want to entice Rodgers to really know how committed they are to Rodgers. And what better way than to give him the first-round wide receiver he's always wanted and then to pair him with Garrett Wilson on top of that. Like, we're also college teammates. That's so, they, so they draft Jason, and then, and then the Rodgers trade falls through. Yeah, right. They have so many weapons for Zach Wilson. For him to miss them by 20 yards, correct. Yeah, but it also fits a need at wide receiver, like a certain role at wide receiver on their team that they don't really have filled right now. Right? They got Wilson who can break it open over the top, and then you got 
Jackson Smith and Jigba who can go over the middle, do curl routes, stay short, and do those Keenan Allen type of plays, right? So I think it would really complete their offense with a good they gotta get Rogers on the team first though, right? Like I don't know. I really like that fit there. That that's who I'm thinking is gonna go get him. So so I would actually bracket what Eric said, and I'd go either before or after the Jets. I'd go either the Texans at twelve because they draft a quarterback with the number two pick and they want to pair a wide receiver with him to grow with. They get CJ Young. I'd go or CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Yeah. I mean, pair him, pair him with his, his uh, college teammate. Like why not? It's been the recipe for success, right? They already have the rapport or I would go with the Patriots at 14. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, That is also a glaring need for them as well. Um, I don't think he gets past 12 through 14. That seems, that seems the right area for him. I think I agree. Uh, well, kind of sliding right into uh, a guy we just talked about, but and I already kind of mentioned it, but we did get some times for Quentin Johnston, uh, a four five two forty, which you hear that and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. But for a guy that size, it's pretty mid. And, you know, like DK has 20 pounds and like an inch on this guy and ran like a four three two. That's like kind of what I've been thinking in my head. And the other kind of um, concerning thing to me that I don't know, maybe you guys have have some differing opinions and can like shake me out of this. It sounds like Evan, you're also not very high on Quentin Johnson, so maybe not. But there was another TCU receiver with it is eerie how similar the measurables are for these two guys, both TCU guys, Quentin Johnston and Josh Frickin' Dachshund. They're the same dude in almost every way. Dachshund had some some injuries that I, I understand that that maybe led to him only lasting, you know, two seasons or whatever, but he only lasted two seasons, guys. He was taken 22 overall in his draft class. Say, like, it's the same player and it's eerie. And it, that is like what is making me just nope on Quentin Johnston. And so if, if either of you guys have opinions on that to sway me otherwise, or to reinforce my opinion, I would love to hear them, but that's where I'm at. So I think I've kind of built a little bit of a reputation on this and where, where Evan's very much the stats person. He's our stats guy. He's got all the numbers, stuff like that. I like to, I'm pretty much a tape person. Like turn on the tape. What do you show me? Right. Evan's the brains. I'm the looks and you're the wild card. Fair. I'll take, I'll take it. Um, so I, I like to see the big time players perform in big time games. Like I just brought up that JSN stat in a Rose Bowl, which is the pinnacle of what he played in the, in his career, right? Because he didn't get to play in the, in the national, the postseason this past year. He went 15 catches, 347 yards and three touchdowns against the biggest competition in the biggest game. Against the biggest competition in the biggest game, even though they are outmatched talent-wise, for sure, Quentin Johnson went one catch for three yards. Yep. If you were that dude, you get more than one catch in three yards. Even against Georgia, if you were that, if you put Calvin Johnson on that TCU team, you can't tell me he, you don't chuck it up and he gets five to seven of those balls, right? Like, I, I don't know. I hear you. I hear you. I, okay, so just to reinforce, because it seems like we're all there. So just to reinforce this, how creepy this is, uh, so so both TCU, right? Josh Doxson, 6'2", 
Quentin Johnston, 6'2", 6'3", reported by some. Uh, Doxson, 202 pounds. Quentin Johnston, 205. Uh, a 4.52 for Johnston, a 4.50 for Doxson. Uh, they both have, you know, 99th percentile speed scores, but, uh, and, and really good bursts, like 97 and 98th burst. Um, both have 19 as their breakout age. Like they are just, they're too, they're too similar, dude. These, this is the same guy. Like Josh Jackson got in the time machine and had face off. You remember face off? with yep. uh, Nick Cage and, and John Travolta. He had face-off surgery, and he's Quentin Johnston now, and he's trying to trick us again. That's weird. It's the same, it's the same guy. That's weird. That makes me feel even worse about him, too. Yeah, same. I, I just I can't get over it. He is, he's completely off my boards, and I could be completely proven wrong. He's not off my board, but he's off my first-round board, probably. And that's where you probably have to get him, which that's what makes him like... I don't know. A no. I mean, in the rookie drafts I've done... He's gone 109 and 110. Okay. I, I don't hate hate that, but that's still probably a little early for me. I'm taking Zay Flowers, man. I'm taking Zay Flowers over him, or I'm just trading the pick away. Like, that's what I'm doing. Man, I think as we get closer to after the NFL draft happens and some of these running backs that are going below him right now land in some nice spots, I could really see them sneaking up into those last couple picks and him dropping a 112 or 201 or something like that. That's a good and point. And I don't hate him at 112 or 201. Yeah, that, that that is a good point. That is kind um, of the Josh Dotson area. Right, though. Like, he, he, dude, I'm telling you, he's just, I don't know. When, when you think about him, when you hear about him, his one big quality that everyone's excited about is like, oh, he's big. It's like, okay, we've seen a lot of big receivers bust hard. So that you're not convincing me. Okay. Well, well, moving on from that, I kind of prefaced it in the uh in my little solo monologue that I I do before the show already, but I kind of said, like, you know, draft day coming up, probably the next couple of shows are going to be very rookie intensive. So we'll kind of leave it at that for now. Uh, and move into just a, a couple more news items here, uh, more defensive focused, uh, but things to to just quickly touch on. Uh, we had a Devin White uh, linebacker for the Tampa Bay Bucks request a trade. Um, you know he's a Pro Bowler. He he's a, you know a fairly good, I, I would say a very good linebacker. Still got plenty of uh, gas in the tank, and he's requesting a trade. So. You know, I think that's interesting for for one reason mainly that the the Bucks definitely seem like they are uh, headed for a few years at least of sort of a miserable existence uh, post Tom Brady. I don't know if you guys have any like desirable places for him to go. Uh, I, I was gonna say Seahawks, but we have no money, and so maybe maybe not. We do need linebacker very badly, even with Bobby Wagner coming back, which yes. Bobby Wagner's coming back, but uh, we have no money, like I said, so probably not. What about you guys? Is is he a future Philadelphia Eagle or or Chicago Bear? I refuse to talk about him because his name is one letter off Kevin White, and I'm tilted. Ooh, that is fair. <laughs> that is very fair. Yeah, okay, that, that PTSD is real. I feel it. Uh, what about you, Evan? Actually, never mind. He, he, Eagles don't need him. Get out of here. Whoa. I mean, the Eagles always need a linebacker because Howie <laughs> never spends any money on linebackers. 
how he spends rookie picks on linebackers and then when they ask for a contract he says no get lost get out of I don't, here I don't, I don't want your defense getting better <laughs> but no fair fair i mean it could definitely happen right i mean it depends on on uh the the price i guess but um uh, i imagine the bucks are pretty desperate i i will say i i think the i think the eagles have right around 17 18 19 somewhere in there million in cap space right now okay. and i think the plan is to roll a lot of it over for jalen hurts's contract next year that does make sense yeah well to sort of coincide with that uh staying within the division here we had we had a trade yay trades uh the falcons acquired jeff akuda former what what was he an overall third pick yeah overall third lions right the, the 103 to the lions yeah uh not not too many far like not too many years far removed from that uh but the falcons acquire him for a fifth rounder which i mean let's talk a little bit about the falcons defense now man because they uh they've been making moves you know i think the the one that like i was kind of scratching my head about was uh Calais campbell you know he's kind of he's kind of older but still a monster of a person um but when you add that together with like they got jesse bates um they bring in jeff akuda uh they're starting to shore up that secondary starting to shore up the the d-line i mean they they added mike hughes to to play slot corner mike hughes right yeah i was really a a fan of his too when he was on the vikings because he he is like top end speed and he he went after it he just had like some unfortunate injuries um but another yeah another really good ad so like comparing that to the rest of the teams in this division man it's kind of looking like i mean is arthur smith have like the number one defense in, in that division right now because it kind of seems like it i mean i i said it on the poor man podcast with with those guys i think the panthers have a fantastic defense i think the panthers have a playoff defense so i think i'd still put the panthers above them but atlanta went into this offseason knowing two things they needed to shore up the defense and they needed a quarterback. They couldn't figure out the quarterback situation, but I think they did a pretty good attempt at trying to figure out the defense situation. Do you think that there's still maybe a dark horse to try to trade up to get one of these QBs? Because it, it really feels like they're still in the running for that. It, if I know anything about Arthur Smith, he absolutely loves running quarterbacks. And it just, it seems too perfect. But the signing of Taylor Heineke it kind of dis maze that that uh, yeah i don't i don't know how i feel you know heineke they gave him enough money and heineke's a gritty he's a gritty backup that can win win you games in the league you pair him with desmond ritter like uh, maybe they bring out the best in each of them maybe they have both of them there so they can allow a rookie to to sit for a season I mean, the two quarterbacks that like to run in this draft probably need a little bit of developmental time. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is that uh, Atlanta ain't too far away from Florida. Maybe that's the the hidden landing spot for Richardson that that no one's really thinking about. It's really not that far from Kentucky either. It's really not. It's really not. You're right. That's interesting. Um, okay. Well, that's essentially all the news i had gathered here i don't know if anyone else has anything they want to really go over before we dive into uh nfc win totals you really think the falcons have the best defense in the nfc south i think that evan's right where like it's it's probably still the panthers but with all the additions that they've made i think the falcons are now in the running 
I think by the time the season starts, if into, you know, week four or five, we we see that the Falcons are the best defense there, I, I won't be super surprised. I just feel like all the NFC South is so bad. And like being the best defense in the NFC South is like being the smartest person at a Dallas Cowboys convention. Like, sure, you can say that about yourself, but is it really that impressive? Like, not really. Oh, shit. But, I don't know. Like, really, really threw down the hammer. I'm not really impressed with anybody in the NFC South. They're all bad. <laughs> so, you guys want to go to Cowboy Con and <laughs> go ask him some some math questions? I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> moving on from that. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but like. Yeah, I, I think it's just with the 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 additions. I, I'm not saying that it's an impressive thing by any means, but okay. being the best one, that, that's all I'm saying is like, I think that's what honestly solidifies it is like, yeah, the, the NFC South is like booty cheeks. So yeah, being the best defense, all they really had to do was go get a 45-year-old Calais Campbell and <laughs> Jeff Okuda and they're set. <laughs> Right. And like, my opinion is the Saints have the best defense in that division. And the fact that three of us have three different opinions on the three teams probably shows they're all probably booty cheeks. All right. Well, uh, you know, kind of segueing from that, let's uh, talk about the NFC South. Speaking of the NFC South, have I talked about Tom Brady's butt sand? (laughs) Eric, we made an episode with butt sand in the title. You're right. I can't remember. (laughs) We have certainly talked about it. it. Yeah, I know you are. You're you're hot and bothered by it because you didn't get any. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> launching into uh launching into some win totals here, some some projections that that Vegas has has released. Uh, we're going over the NFC this week. We did the AFC last week. Uh, check that out if you haven't. Uh, to find some value here, and also like like I keep saying, I think this is just a really good way to review where the teams are, all of the news and and additions that they've made for the off season, kind of like a good way to review that. And, and I think it's very reflected in some of these win totals. So uh, we're actually going to, because I have them ordered this way and it would annoy my OCD if we didn't do it like it, like it is on the show sheet. Uh, we'll start with the NFC West, but then we'll go to the NFC South and we can talk about how bad all those teams are, but starting at the very top here, NFC West, we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals with, <laughs> I mean, over five and a half, is plus 105 under five and a half is minus 125 so you got more juice on the under for basically winning six games uh this looks like a kyler murray question and also maybe a deandre hopkins question uh of of whether or not either of those guys will be playing any or all games for the cardinals this coming season Probably for me, with both of those huge variables and also knowing that the Cardinals defense hasn't really gotten better. And if they trade their number three overall pick and don't take like Will Anderson or something, uh, yikes. Um, So I'm probably like staying away or maybe the under. uh, But but with all the question marks, I'm probably just staying away. But but what do you guys think about the Cardinals? Way under. Way under. Where how way under? Are you thinking like I would I would still go under at three and a half. <laughs> that that might be a good plus money bet, man. That you might get like plus two fifty for that. And, and the reason I say that is because I don't think Kyler's gonna come back for a while. 
And again, this is before the draft, so maybe they take a quarterback and this changes my mind on it. I don't know. But if Kyler doesn't come back and we're looking at this team as it is, they're not beating the Seahawks or the 49ers. They may be split with the Rams. And if they get to the midseason and they're like 1-7, 0-8, something like that, with Kyler's injury stuff, do you think maybe they just go, Kyler, just sit out the rest of the year. Let's get the number one overall pick. We'll bring you back next year. Like, he's still on a rookie wheel. No, he's not. I lied. He's not no, 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 no. He, he's, he's getting paid, yeah. Um. Well, here's an interesting thing on that is is the only other – QB, I think they, I think they have David Blau, um, and they have Colt McCoy, but Colt McCoy is also hurt, so yeah. so they're dealing with some some QB injuries there for sure. David Blau totally blows, like, yeah, that tracks. I'm not like impressed, you know. They they don't have a talent on the team. JJ Watt <laughs> retired. They have a corpse of Zach Ertz. Evan is stink eyeing you really bad for that one. What? Evan is giving you the stink eye really bad for that one. I mean, he does blow. But uh, we're a PG podcast, Evan. Um, I think I've cursed already. <laughs> and I think because they're intentionally going to say, if they're 1-7, in 0-8, oh they're going to say, Kyler just out the rest of the year. Let's not win another game. Let's get this first overall pick and build from there. Like, I could – because they might see what the Bears do here. With, they did with that first overall pick, and they think, hey – if we really believe in our quarterback, Kyler, and we get that first overall pick, look how much the Bears got for that first overall pick. What if we do that same thing because we don't have to take a quarterback next year in uh, Caleb Williams, who will be worth – if Bryce Young was worth this much for the Bears, how much would Caleb Williams be worth if the Cardinals don't want him? Okay. Yeah, I, I feel – I mean, Evan, you. I kind of saw you sort of nod your head in agreement with the under here. Are, are you pretty much – are you there? Are you actually laying money on the under here, or is this a stay away? No, I mean, the minus 125 is not great. I mean, if I can get a four and a half line at plus money, like give me plus 120 at four and a half, I'll, I'll take that. So you agree, so you agree they're going to they're gonna suck? Yeah, so I, I am projected as a four-win team. Yeesh. Okay. I, I very much think Kyler is going to sit out the entire season. And I ran the projections without having Hopkins on the team. So I think Hopkins is gone and I think Kyler sits out the entire year. Okay. Sad Cardinal noises. Happy Seahawks noises. All right. Uh, sound, sounds good to me. If those guys aren't there, it was Watt retired and Ertz being a corpse. Who was on that team that you care about? Hollywood. Hollywood, I guess, but who's throwing them the ball? There's not much on that team. Yeah, unless they're doing like jet sweeps with Hollywood all game. I, I, yeah, I'm not very interested. Uh, sucks for my Trey McBride shares. I was actually kind of excited about him this year, but maybe next year. Um, okay, well, we'll move it on to another sad NFC West team. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, again, not too many years removed from their Super Bowl win. Uh, a couple years back, they 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 took it all. And now they are projected at over under seven and a half. Uh, with the over being, you know, the uh, the negative money here or the uh, the minus 125 versus a uh, under of plus 105. Um, you know, it, it kind of makes sense based on how they looked last year, although a lot of injuries, you know, obviously attributed to that. Uh, they lost Cooper Cup. They they lost Matt Safford. Um, so so it wasn't wasn't great for them. 
uh, for the injury bug. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this line and Sean McVay is back. Matt Stafford's back. Cooper Cup should be back. Um, minus 125 at, at winning eight games. Playing playing the Cardinals twice helps, but they also have to play the 49ers twice. And I don't think the Hawks are going to be pushovers either. So that, that makes it a little worrying for me. Um, this one might be, I mean, plus 105 for the under is kind of interesting to me. What what do you guys think about the Rams? This one is definitely tougher than the last one for me. It's a and more straight line more, for sure. One of the more volatile ones, right? Like if you told me they that Matt Stafford's back totally healthy with a revigorated Aaron Donald and um, Sean McVay, if you told me they got to a seven and two, seven and three start, I wouldn't be shocked. But at the same time, if you're telling me that Matt Stafford retires and halfway through the year Sean McVay just steps away because he's annoyed because they're terrible, I wouldn't or be he shocked. Gets fired. Or he gets fired. Like I wouldn't be. He almost retired, and he's like thirty six. That's crazy. Yep. They did uh, lose Jalen Ramsey too, who I, I know isn't who he uh, was, but that's not they did lose him. Yeah. Not big of a loss as people think it is. But I don't know. I would probably lean under. That yeah, would be my think, lead, but I don't feel super great about it. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Where it's either I'm just not going to bet it, or if I had to, I would. I might go under here. So just quiz you guys here. Can you name one player on the Rams defense that's not named Aaron Donald? Uh, Leonard Ford. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> is he? Is he on the team? Oh shoot, he is he? He was definitely on the team last year. Uh, Ty- Taylor Rapp is that a guy? <laughs> Marcus Peters isn't on the team, right? No, I don't believe he is. I hey, I got Leonard Floyd. I'm good because I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Leonard Floyd is a. Uh, let's see, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. Okay. Well, he uh, was a- y- yeah, you are correct. He he sure is. He's not on the team, and neither is and neither is Taylor Rapp. So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I'm looking at the guys. <laughs> I'm looking at their whole list, and I have no idea who any of these guys are. That's wild, and and that is my point, Corey. So I brought up oh, the no. list of the def- the defensive guys on on our lads. And I was just like, who are these players? So I was just going through the list and I was like, man, like Jordan Fuller, like, oh, woof. You know, I start going down. Darian Kendrick. Guys, I don't know who any of these people are. Ernest Ernest Jones. Like, I, I know I've heard the name before. I literally but haven't. You- Russ Yeast. <laughs> right. Right, Corey. So that, that this is exactly what I'm saying. They still have one of the worst offensive lines in all of football. They have oh, no. a defense that has Aaron Donald. They have an offense that has Allen Robinson, who looks like a corpse of himself. Yep. Cooper Cup, who's coming off of injury. A, a severe injury. It, it, he severe broke his injury. ankle at 30 years old. That's not good. You make me feel better about the under. Cam, Cam Akers, who is another year removed from a torn Achilles, but still had a torn Achilles. And they have Matthew Stafford, who, ow, my back hurts, is like the line that he says when he wakes up. Okay. Sad Rams noises. Happy Seahawks noises. <laughs> Do you know which way I'm going with that? Yeah, it sounds like an under for me. <laughs> Can we now be a Kyle Trask and Russ Yeast sponsored podcast? 
I don't want to do that unless I know anything about Russ Yeast. So <laughs> best team in football, Russ Yeast. Russ, Ye- I oh, he's. Tagline, I hope. Um, I hope he gets really, really good when he tackles people. He says he'll hope you're about to get a yeast infection. Oh, he's like he's like a fifth round, like second year oh. guy. That's amazing. That's brutal, dude. That's your starter. <laughs> That's brutal. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, let's let's claim under on that. I feel good about that. I'm liking the way the NFC uh the I almost said NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's NFC West. It's not even East, so that doesn't even make sense. I almost said NFC East though. Uh I'm liking the way the NFC West is shaping up here with the unders. Um hopefully that doesn't last for the fourth one. Uh but before that, let's talk about the Niners. The big old sticky 49ers. No, they're good. They're they're a good team, unfortunately. I hate it, but they're they're pretty good. Also a team. This is int- it's a very interesting team to follow, right? With the QB situation and all that going down, because that's really the only piece of the puzzle. Um, everything else is locked in. They have in- insanely good offensive weapons. They have insanely good defensive weapons. The over-under is 11 and a half. Uh the the over is actually slightly plus money which is interesting and the under is is minus 125 man just i don't know dude i think that a little bit baked in here is the qb mystery and i'm just not super convinced that that's like a huge issue no matter how you slice it like whatever qb it's gonna you tell me sam darnold is the day one starter i think i'd rather go over here um I think that's just kind of where I am. Every all the pieces are there, right? Like I just I could very easily see them win 12 games. So I think that's where I'm at. And I hate the Niners. So I'd be surprised if you guys are differing, but I'd love to hear your opinions. This is an easy over for me and my bet for number one overall seed in all of football next year. And I don't even care who's that quarterback. That's pretty spicy. They are so talented. They literally uh who who they they um signed what's his name the tackle javon harger yes there it is thank you who i really wanted the bears to get but um i mean you add that to already probably the best front seven in football and they get that much better i mean who's gonna run on them who's gonna time to throw on them like they're gonna be winning games they're never gonna have to score a lot they can win 24 to 10 i I, yeah i feel like this is like a weird like Sam Darnold, like tanking the number a bit because they won 13 games last year with QB turmoil, right? Like that, and they got better. I don't, they're yeah, better. I don't, yeah, I don't really understand it. I, I think this is an easy over. They're better. Rams and Cardinals are worse. There's four wins. We, we just put the Rams and the Cardinals as under, so we'd probably wager that they're probably losing to the Niners in most of their matchups. Like, I, I would say conservatively, the 49ers go five and one in the division. And then uh, four and two. I mean, and in the NFC, who's their competition? The Eagles. <laughs> who's their competition? The Eagles. Yeah, the I mean, Seahawks. Eagles are so good. Right. I, I don't think there's another team in the NFC other than the Eagles that even comes close to rivaling, like being rivals with them. So they just waltz through the NFC. Like they're. Like, there might be a better team or two in the NFC, but that's a bloodbath over there. So, mm. to me, the 49ers are 
probably my best bet to be the number one overall seed in football next year. What about you, Evan? Do you uh, do you concur? Kind of seems like you do, but just to get it on record. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 49ers are going to be in over as well. Um, kind of a weird line, do you think? See, I, that's the thing. that That's what I'm trying to figure out what I'm not seeing. Because usually the, the lines are pretty solid, usually. And this is one that I'm looking at, and I'm just like, well, they seem like a 13-4 and four team. Like, I, I would feel comfortable if it was 12 and a half, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm probably staying away, but they're probably going over. Yeah, yeah, it, it's odd. But, yeah, I think we're all plugging the over there. Um, not much more to say. Move along to the Seattle Seahawks uh, with a line of eight and a half. Uh, over minus 125 under 105 plus money there um i mean i feel like i kind of got to recuse myself you know uh seahawks fan here but we won nine my stance is that we won nine games last year i think the team will be better with gino having another year as the day one uh bona fide starter um not in any sort of weird camp competition with with uh drew lock uh we'll get some more weapons in this draft that we have a ton of capital for uh so our defense will be shored up i'm hoping with a jalen carter will anderson kind of selection with our first pick and you know giving our very young still uh second year guys a little more time to acclimate with Tariq woolen and ken walker i think i think gears up for uh the seattle seahawks i could easily see them winning nine or ten so you know at minus one 125 i don't really love the juice so I might not lay the money on, especially because they're my team. And if they went under that, I'd be double sad that I didn't win the bet and they went under that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly not convinced by the the under eight and a half for, for 105. So that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like this is a really good number. This is a really eight, eight and a half feels the right number, right? Yeah, it, it's it's exactly what they got last year, right? It's, they got nine and eight last year. So it, oh, it, I wouldn't bet a penny Makes on sense. this i think i would lean the slight over only because of how bad the cardinals and the rams are that's four free wins to me oh eric you're really handsome and smart i try <laughs> smartest than the dallas cowboys convention i it feels like a very very slight over to me um i wasn't super thrilled with the way that gino played towards the end of the year last year but also with all the capital that you have and it already seems like you made a little bit of improvement in the soft season and the Seahawks perennially are a well-run team good coach team I feel like it all balances out to around nine or ten probably what do you think Evan yeah so uh, I'm also in the, the plate of I think they're a nine-win team and I think they make the playoffs again I think they use the draft picks to be able to solidify their team so I think they really help help themselves with having the high draft capital um kind of like the Eagles had the high draft capital to be able to make things work but I just I think the 49ers are just too strong of a team in that division. I would agree with you there. Hate to admit it, but I mean, look at what they got on the on the staff, man. Like you, you really just can't compete with Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Like <laughs> holy hell. And then not to mention their, you know, top three defense. I just it's yep, they they are a very good team. And uh Kyle Shanahan, um watch your back, man. I'll find you. All right. <laughs> so, let's move on. Uh, that's the NFC West. We actually had, like, I know the Seattle Seahawks was was a slight over for you guys, but we basically had, like, four lines of, like, 
reasonably could take bets, which is interesting because I think we only had like five, maybe six lines for the AFC that we were like comfortable with taking and everything else was kind of a stay away. Um, So that is interesting. Let's see how that translates as we move along to the NFC South, AKA, AKA the division of booty cheeks. <laughs> Lots of low numbers here, guys, uh, or just medium, medium numbers, I guess would be more accurate. But, you know, we start out with the Atlanta Falcons with seven and a half as the over under basically split even odds here. Again, I think like decent line, I guess I I'm expecting over because like I said before, I think the Falcons just really have the QB question. And if Ritter or Heineke can just win games, like pretty easy division, I think they could win eight. I don't think it's not doable. Uh, I don't think I'd be betting my house on it, but I, I don't think I'd be taking the under seven games or, or under eight games just because I, I, I do expect them to, like I said, have a chance to be, have the best defense in, in their division and in terms of offensive, like just straight offensive firepower with uh, uh, London and Pitts, uh, not to mention, you know, Al Jair could take a step. They still have Patterson. They still have some like nice key pieces. When you compare that to the rest of this division, I think they might have like the best offensive weapons too. So yeah, I, I, I think over gun to my head, but but maybe not super interested in taking this one. For me, I'm going slight under. Okay. I'm not sold on Ritter. I'm not sold on Smith as a head coach. I, I know they're a bad division, but I think this division's going to just pick each other off a little bit like they did last year. It just feels weird like that again this year. No one in the division is bad, is bad enough to not be able to win a division game, and nobody's good enough to run away with the division games. And I just, if Lamar was there, it'd be a totally different story. But I just, don't see it until they get a decent signal caller there because that, or I see it from Ritter because I just haven't yet. So I think I would give a slight under to the Falcons. And uh, where are you at, Evan? Split decision here. I mean, I, I think it's going to stay relatively split, but I, I guess if I had to, I would say eight wins is going to be their number. Um, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, the Saints at nine and a half, I know we're kind of jumping ahead here, but I, yeah, it seems like any any team really like any team you could make a case for winning this division, but the team that if I had to make a case for is probably going to be that next team that we talk about in the Panthers. Yeah, I mean let's 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 move on. I, I don't know where Eric went. <laughs> Eric disappeared, but maybe he'll join us as I'm getting into uh, uh, the Panthers line here, which again like is mirrored here with the Falcons. Uh, same number, seven and a half, basically the same odds, not too different. And kind of like what you were saying, Evan, their their big their big boon here is their defense because until they draft their number one QB that they traded the farm for, traded away DJ Moore, their best offensive weapon, uh, we're not really going to know how this team goes, even when they draft their guy, which, by the way, just as a, a side note here, I did just read that the odds have flipped once again for the first QB off the board. And it is now Bryce young by a wide margin. It is minus 300 for Bryce young. So that, that is a pretty good indication that that's, that might be the selection here, which is pretty crazy, but you know, understandable, but yeah, I mean, I mean, talking a little more on the line. I mean, I think it's just another kind of good line. I don't know if I would be betting over or under here personally, I guess under cause rookie QB and maybe he can't pull it together. But I, I don't like the line. I think it's a pretty pretty sharp line here. 
but yeah, thoughts. I, I agree. I think it's a pretty sharp, pretty sharp one. Um, the Bryce Young thing came from Tepper. Uh, Tepper came out and said that he likes Bryce Young and Frank Reich likes CJ Stroud, which is where the original CJ Stroud line came from. So it's going to come down to the owner and the head coach. And I'm assuming the GM is going to weigh, weigh in on that. Maybe he'll be the tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> oh, no. What if he says Richardson? Yeah. Here for chaos. Um, but the, the reason I would say the Panthers, frankly, for me is because I think they have the best defense in that division. I think that they run the ball very well. I think that they can scheme the offense to be able to get them 24 points. And I think 24 points would be enough to be able to win them games. Probably have the best, uh, probably have the best coaching staff, right? Oh, I absolutely love the Panthers, love the Panthers coaching staff. Yeah. I, I, they, I think they may have the best coaching staff in football, period. Not just the division. Wow. That's strong. Wow. I mean, I, I kind of I get what you're saying, though. They have a lot of high-profile names. They do, but I would take the Chiefs co- coaching staff over them. What Andy Reid's built there is unbelievable. They did lose Biennemi, so a bit of a OC uh, vacation there. Well, according to everybody, it's Andy Reid's credit anyway, so. Uh, I hear you. Okay um sorry what was your was that a stay away for you then evan you, you think it's a pretty sharp line it, yeah so it's a stay away for me but okay. like i said previously if if i think any team could surprise and come out and win this division i saw the panthers earlier today when i was looking at plus 350 to win the division and i'm like you know what if the saints i think the saints were plus 110 and i'm like i'm definitely not laying money on the saints at plus 110 to win the division Stinky. that's just not not happening for me yeah, no way. That's that stinks. Okay. I mean, I mean, moving. I, Eric, do you have anything you wanted to say about the Panthers before I move into the Saints? Super quick on the Pan. Well, NFC South in general, I wouldn't bet on any of them. Not all of mine. I'm saying I wouldn't feel comfortable betting on any of these. I'm gonna go slight under on the Panthers. Rookie QB, new coaching staff. Okay. Uh. Well, yeah. Move, moving right into into the Saints then, which again, yeah, surprising odds on winning the division and surprising odds uh for their just or just their number for their win total. Nine and a half seems inflated. That must be like the car factor, I guess. But I'm not, I don't know. I don't think car goes in there and necessarily fixes what I view as like one of their big glaring problems from last year, which was their defense, which was abysmal. Like it it was really, really bad. And so car doesn't fix that. Maybe car can, you know, pass a little more accurately than Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton actually like, Weird to say, Andy Dalton didn't have the worst accuracy numbers last year. Uh, they weren't amazing, but they weren't bad. Uh, he made his own mistakes, obviously. Uh, but really what lost them games was that defense, which Carr doesn't, as far as I know, Carr doesn't play linebacker. So it's not really going to help much <laughs> uh, in that regard. But having, yeah, I don't know, having a, a over under of, of nine and a half when they couldn't scrape together uh, more than seven last year. I don't know. I I just I look at the under at minus one thirty. It's obviously still pretty juiced. I might look at a eight like eight and a half for a, a little better money and and maybe go with that if anything. Um, but I'm certainly not placing it on the over. For me, somebody's got to win this division, and I'm going a slight over on the Saints. I think they win ten games. Ooh, okay, three more games than last year. I, I think an improved defense and Derek Carr gets you three more. Um, what what improves the what improves the defense for you? Is, I think they're like going to address they, it. The draft. I think they're going to address it in the draft. 
Um, I think they get another weapon for Carr. Um, I think you still got the Taysom Hill package that can be gross and several a little bit because how are they going to get both a better defense and a weapon for Carr when they have like no draft picks? That's true. They do have very few draft picks. I I, I also just think Carr's a huge upgrade at that position. Personally, okay. I'm excited to see an offense with a person who can at least attempt to push the ball down the field. Okay. Um, I'd like to see what Alave does. I mean, you got Michael Thomas coming back too. I'm not saying he's anything great anymore, but I mean, he's still a good body. You know, I I, I don't know. I think I heard that they cut off his foot finally. They just oh, had to amp- fair, like fair. amputate because it's just gotten so bad. So he'll still perform better than Odell. Okay. He'll still be out there. Yeah, I, I, I they got him a like a big wooden peg leg, like a pirate. All right, Michael Thomas to the, the Bucks. Um, <laughs> you said Raiders. I said Bucks. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I feel like one team's got to win the division, and if I'm gonna bet on something, I'm gonna bet on the best quarter, bleh, best quarterback in the division, which is Derek Carr. Which is weird to say, but it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Evan, I think you already sort of gave us a clue in, but do you want to solidify your your pick here? Yeah. I mean, uh, once again, I just want to stay away because there's too many questions. Yeah. I mean, Carr coming into the offense could elevate the offense. They do have. I mean, they have the 29th pick, the 40th pick, the 71st pick. So, I mean, they have three top 75 picks. So, I mean, they they could do some, they could do something with that. I still think they're an absolute cap hell. So that tells me that they're going to try and figure out a way to try and push the chips in once again this year. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if they find a way to be competitive, but there's no way I'm taking over nine and a half. I have zero faith in, in frankly, any bet in this division. I, I, I feel that. And and going alongside that, although <laughs> this one might be interesting to talk about because Tampa Bay Bucks at over six and a half and, uh, you know, basically even odds here for the over under at, at seven games. I mean, I think I'm sort of comfortable at the almost even odds of, of pressing the button on under here. I mean... We're talking about a Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Let I uh, sorry. I mean, we love Kyle Trask here. It's definitely not his podcast. It's definitely not his fault or anything. But you know, he's 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 untested. He he's gonna take a little bit to get acclimated uh, before he becomes a superstar. Obviously, uh, but I don't think that's gonna happen this year. You know, you have Devin White requesting a trade, and the rest of their defense is is kind of aging and you know lackluster. Uh, their offensive line is bad and their running game is bad. And Mike Evans ain't getting any younger. They still have Chris Godwin. Cool. Uh, Rashad White, I think is fun. But behind that offensive line and, and based on what they did last year where White's value pretty much came from all the desperation checkdowns, I don't know. I'm not super convinced that they can win seven. Um, even in this division, I, I'm not convinced. If... if not even gun to my head. I think maybe even just willingly, I might press the under here personally. I feel like under is probably correct, but all four of these teams are going to be between six and nine wins, right? Like it's just they're all bad. They're all can knock each other off. But I'd be surprised if the Bucks go seven and ten and are five and one division for some weird reason. Like I don't know. It's just it's a weird division. Um, unders, I think the correct choice. I sure as heck don't feel good about it though. Okay. Like, what if Baker finds a little magic or if Trask's actually good? You know, like, I don't know. The only magic Baker's finding is if he starts a new career as a stage magician. (laughs) 
And Evan, I know you already kind of said you're staying away pretty much from the division. So if that's your stance, nothing more to get into, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just staying away. I mean, I, I think the Bucks have enough on defense to keep them in games, and they have playmakers on offense. The The offensive line should be relatively healthy for this coming season. Um, hopefully they figure out left tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, quarterback's still a major issue. Baker, former number one overall pick, but it's still Baker. So just completely staying away. Sounds good. Uh, moving on to a slightly more interesting division in the NFC North. Uh, let's, let's start at the top here with, uh, the Chicago bears. I mean, Eric, we're looking at a line of over under seven and a half, almost even odds. So pretty, pretty sharp on, on the line here. Me personally, I look at the line, I look at the rest of the the division and I know that the bears only won, I mean, three (laughs) games last year with the addition of DJ Moore. And like, you know, they're, they're getting some more draft capital with trading that number one pick away. Oh man. Does that make, does that make eight wins? I think that's the big question. I don't know if it does. I, uh, this is a pretty good number. What what do you think, Eric? Well, I'm here to tell you today that not only does that make eight wins, it makes nine, 10, 11, 12 wins. We are winning the division. We're running away with it. The Bears are going to go back to the playoffs. Justin Fields is going to be an MVP contention. He's going to have a Jalen Hurts ascension up to that level. I mean, what else in the division, right? Jordan Love, clown. Jared Goff, meh. And then you got Kirk Cousins. That's just Jared Goff, old man version. Like, that's disgusting. We have DJ freaking Moore. We have Chase Claypool. We have Darnell Mooney. We're going to get a running back, I think, in the draft to go along with Herbert Deonta Foreman. We're going to get an offensive tackle, I believe. Jalen Carter doesn't fall to us. We have so much capital. We can trade for more stuff if we need it. Bears are back on top of the division. Bear down. I'm ready. Easiest 12 wins of my life. Plus, we have a last place schedule, too. I just want to reiterate that the line is seven and a half, so I guess you're taking the over. (laughs) Easy. Easy. Ah, Easiest of my life. I mean, your confidence is compelling. Um... This is part of the Justin Fields redemption story. He's going to be a top five finisher in the MVP voting this year. Evan, thoughts? Yeah, Justin Fields just needs to stay healthy. And they have somewhat of a shot. When you look at the Bears and their value uh, based off of Tankathon, they have the fifth most value in draft picks this coming draft. So they have a lot of value to work with. Um, uh-huh. But there just so happens to be a team that has more value in the same division that I think is better uh, mm. in the Lions. So I, I think the Bears, for me personally, I'm just to answer the question, I think it's a stay away line because I don't feel comfortable saying Justin Fields can make it through a full season. You're betting on Justin Fields' health with that line. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the Bears think that uh, 7.5 is a stay away. Number two is they're going to be staying way above it. Let's go for it down. Okay. <laughs> well, on that, um, I guess, yeah, just to break the tie, sure. I, I guess I would go. I think they could win eight. So I'll I'll, I'll ride it over with you, Eric. Um, but, yeah, to, to your point, Evan, in terms of, like, who's winning the division, um, I know that the Vikings might be the shoe in based on how they did last year. I'm not super convinced. I think I think it is 
the Lions. I, I think I'm right there with you, Evan. Uh, we're talking about a easily like a like a top five O line, first of all. Um, maybe top three. I don't know if I'm prepared to say top three, but I might be prepared to say top three. Top five offense, period. Top five offense, period. That's I mean, yeah, I guess I'm there. Yeah, sure. I mean, thinking about who they have, man, they they have a plethora of options with Goff as a as a, a very capable quarterback. Uh, throwing to you know Am- Amon Ra, who is a-, a phenom. We we got Jameson Williams, who should be fully healthy this year. Who is, I mean, he could have been the number one wide receiver off the board last year if he wasn't injured. Uh, he's an incredibly talented player. Uh, they have a little bit of a hole at tight end that maybe they could fill in the draft. Uh, with like a Michael Mayer, that would be a pretty good spot right there. Um, and yeah, their defense is even coming together too. They ate, ate Hutchinson played great. Um, they, they have Dan Campbell at the helm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a believer to be honest. And the only bummer here is that they have the over under at nine, just nine, which sucks because like we prefaced, uh, in last week's episode, when you're talking about a season long bet and you're placing money on a bet that could push, you just I not not to mention the juice alone at minus 150 is completely unattractive. If it was anything close to being better odds there, I could maybe see myself placing an over on the nine because I do think that they'll win more than nine. But the juice and the fact that it's nine and not a half. Unfortunately, I will be staying away from this line. I will make a water bet right now. Uh-oh. That the Bears will finish with a better overall offense than the Lions this year. You know, we have to actually go back. There are several water bets that we have made that are due, and I just need to like, I, basically, I just need to re like re listen to all of our episodes and figure out which water bets we've already made we and go that. through those because we've made some already. But fine, uh, you're saying what? What is the bet exactly? The Bears will have a better Bears record will than have the Lions. A higher ranked offense than the Lions this year a higher ranked offense than the lions. Is that based on like PFF or like points or Evan, what, what should we base it off of? That's what I was going to ask you is what do you want to, what do you want to base it off of total? I mean, total points. Total. is there a way to do it where it's total offensive points where defensive scores don't count? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. So we take out the defensive score, just total offensive points. And and just so I'm completely clear, is this a Evan? Are you getting in on my side of the lines will be better, or is this a me and Eric bet? I, look, if I have a chance to get in, I'm 100 jumping in with Corey. Boom. Okay, Eric versus Corey. I'm writing this down. Okay. And Evan, Lions versus Bears, offensive points. We're the Bear. Cocaine Bear came out this year. Chicago Bears coming back. We're all. Have you guys have you guys seen Cocaine Bear? Not yet, but I want to. I want to really bad. I saw the the preview for it when I went and saw that dumb Santa movie. Did you guys see that one with David Harbour? Uh, I don't even remember what it was called now, but he was like the Viking Santa and it was like John Wick Santa. No. Oh, it was really good. I can't even remember the name of it. Violent Night. That's what it was called. It was John Wick, but Santa and Santa was like a Viking. <laughs> well, getting us back on track here. Yes, please uh, do. The Lions, the Lions at over nine. I am with Corey that I absolutely hate push bets on season long bets. For that alone, I'm going to try and find a nine and a half number on some book. 
that gives me better juice. Like if it's a nine and a half number, it should probably be priced right around like minus one ten. Um, that's a bet I would take. It, yeah, if that's the case, that's a bet I would take because I think the Lions are an eleven win team this year. I would also like to point out, I think Lions are it's an over. I think both Lions and Bears do really well this year. Yeah, I think we're all there. We 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 all know how those kneecaps get bit. Okay, well we'll moving right along here to uh, Eric's favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> uh with a with a line of seven and a half uh plus money plus 115 on the over and uh pretty juiced under which kind of makes sense can like considering it's the jordan love question or i guess the aaron Rodgers question but more the jordan love question because we have to imagine that he'll be the starter this year unless something crazy happens and the the rogers thing falls through for the jets probably staying away too too many question marks. I just I can't feel good uh really placing any any amount of money on on this kind of line. Uh maybe I'd be tempted by the under if it was not juiced to to minus one thirty five. But I'm I'm pretty much staying away. Or if I had to, I'd, I'd play the under. I feel like with how high I am on the Bears and the Lions, I almost have to go under here. Yeah, like I, I almost have to to like make that legit like legitimate, right? But I think they. The Packers, even outside this Rodgers thing, right? We don't know anything about love. I feel yeah. like they lost quite a bit, too. Their like, their weapons are trash on offense, too. I mean, they still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, um, but all their receivers are bad. Like, just straight. I mean, Christian Watson is okay, we think. Yeah, we think he's all right. But other than that, it's kind of mad. They lost tons. Uh I mean, can you – I mean, same exercises as the Rams. Outside of Jair Alexander, can you guys name a Green Bay defensive player? I mean, I can because I watched them last year, but yeah, I, I I truly cannot. The only one is Adrian Amos. Like that's the only other one I can think of. Sure, of yeah. Mm-hmm. But like their defense isn't great. They lost. They lost a lot of defensive players over the last few years. Um, I don't know. I I don't think they're a good team, and I think all this turmoil they're going through with this quarterback thing that doesn't just disappear, right? And Lafleur isn't some wise sage old coach that knows how to ride through this stuff. Right, yep. but he's never been here. This is a new thing for him. So I also think he's very overrated. But I think those are good points. I, I'm going under. Evan, under, stay away. What do you think? Yeah, once again, stay away. I mean, I, I think we we had a lot of bets in the the early part of this breakdown, and I think for me, there's a lot of stayaways. I just I have no question, no no questions, no answers. Like I have a lot of questions, no answers. Like, what's going on with the Packers? Like, I have no clue how this season's going to play out. Unlike the next team, I think that they're going to keep Kirk Cousins. All I think all the BS trade rumors are just that, BS trade rumors that are smoke. And I think they're going to go for one more year of a run with Kirk. And if it doesn't work out, then they're going to figure it out. Yeah, my my big question about the Vikings, who, you know, moving on to them over under eight and a half, basically even odds, um, slightly more juice on the over. But I think a big question about for them is, is, you know, how many primetime games are they scheduled for this year? Because if it's a lot, then they're probably going under because uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't do that very well. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm right there with you. I They're just the Vikings. They won a lot of games. But they won a lot of really close games last year to get them 13 wins. They went 11 and 0 and won score games last year. Yeah. The 
the history of the NFL says that is going to drastically mm-hmm. do for a lot of regression for sure. A lot of regression on the one score games, and that puts them at a six or seven win team. Oof, I mean uh, that that seems a little low. I think this is a pretty sharp line. I think I think this is a good line. I could see them winning eight, which would be right under, but I could also see them winning nine or ten. So like I I I think I'm kind of stay away. I think with Evan on this one, they got beat by the Giants in the first round. We're not a great team. They're good. They're well coached, but I I don't know. It's like they won that one game that they were down thirty three to nothing. Yep. How many ones are you gonna pull that out of the hat? I I just there's something weird about that team that I do not trust. No, I I feel you. Yeah. How long do you feel they turn on Kirk? It's an interesting question for sure. I mean, Kirk has never been able to, uh, you know, I mean, he he's had clutch moments, but it hasn't been consistent. Like he hasn't been able to be consistently clutch. And he also hasn't been able to like overcome the fact that they don't have a great defense, really. Like that's kind of the main like sticking point for me is the defense just isn't good. Like it's let, just not good. Right. Let, let, let me do this test with you real quick. If you're in the Super Bowl, and you were told you will never go back to the Super Bowl again. This is the one you have to win, right? And you're Seahawks, right? If you're facing Aaron Rodgers, are you nervous? Yes. Are you scared? Yeah. If you're facing Jared Goff in the Lions, are you scared? Um. Oh, yeah, probably, unfortunately. Justin Fields, does he scare you? Like the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. How scared do you feel about facing Kirk? I wouldn't feel scared. I'd be like, he's going to make some mistakes. Yeah, if it's a one o'clock game, I, I'd be pretty scared. <laughs> right. But it's a Super Bowl, so. Yeah. Or if, like, they're doing a Justin Jefferson, like, Wildcat thing and he's just running the whole offense, I might be a little nervous. I don't but yeah, just, it's a good point. Something he, you're not worried when you're facing him. Like, he might yeah. win, but you don't feel worried about it. I don't know. It's yeah. just a weird, a weird quarterback. Anything else on the Vikings? Yeah, I was going to say that the argument that I'd make for him is the fact that they still have Justin Jefferson. They have a very solid, I wouldn't put him in the the great offensive line category, but they have a very solid offensive line. They still have TJ Hawk. Like, they still have Dalvin Cook. Like, I mean, they still have weapons. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it, and a lot of mock drafts have them going with a wide receiver in the first, which... I think it's more likely that they trade back, accumulate a couple extra picks into the second and take a wide receiver in the second, uh, especially considering their absolute lack of draft capital this year. When you look at their draft picks, they have the 23rd, the 87th, the 119, and then 158, and then a comp pick for after the sixth, so the 211. So they only have five draft picks, so they have a first, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and then a sixth comp pick. Yeah, that is kind of one of their one of their biggest glaring needs besides the defense is getting that wide receiver too. Because KJ Osborne's fine, I guess, but he's he's not the guy I think that they they hope to have there. So we'll be interesting to see what they do. I I you know like we kind of preface the wide receiver class is a little finicky this year, but they have a chance. I mean, they have a pretty decent track record drafting wide receivers thus far, just with Justin Jefferson on tap there. Does the NFC North? have the best collection of offenses one through four in football out of all the divisions. They might. Uh in in the NFC or in football? In football. Uh AFC has some pretty good divisions. 
They do. I mean, the AFC West has Chargers and Chiefs, but then Raiders and Broncos, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Browns can kind of pull it together and Lamar Jackson is back, that's a pretty good offensive division. That's that's what that's what I was going to say right there. The AFC North. Yeah. But uh, NFC North is right up there too, and they were always known as the defensive division. All the offenses other than the Packers are never good, and now the Packers are the worst offense, and the others are stacked. It's just very weird how it's flipped. Yeah, I mean, Bears, Lions, Vikings, you're right. They all have very, very good offenses. That That is true. Um, if the Packers were less of a mystery, I think I'd be more sure with with saying, with being on your side on that. I knew Rodgers was staying, and he was going to be committed. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. more top to bottom that are ridiculous. Yeah, that would be a different speaker for sure. Uh, and if they had, you know, any other offensive weapons beside Christian Watson, that would help. But all right. Well, then moving on to the NFC East, I mean, East <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, starting at the top here with the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty good line, I think, again, on this one. Uh, they won 12 games last year. The over under is nine and a half. Um, pretty decent odds on either side. Minus 120 for over uh basically even odds for under they're in a tough division besides the commanders uh, um so so that's something to consider but you know i don't i don't think they got like a lot worse right winning 10 games seems doable the cowboys are kind of weird right where they're just inconsistent like that that's one of their big flaws it's like they'll they'll come out looking like all stars one game and then they'll just get shut out by the Buccaneers the next game. It, it's it, They're kind of a weird team. So maybe more towards a stay away line here, just because we don't know really how they're going to look. But I don't, t- 10 games just seems doable for me. Yeah, what, what do you guys think? Uh, that's such a hard line. It's a hard line. Yeah, it really is. The Cowboys are a 9 or 10 win team. Like, that sounds right. One injury or one little thing here there could flip that. I I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet that line. That line yeah. is awful. I, I mean, it's good. It's awful to bet. If I was forced a gun to my head to pick one, I'd probably go under. I think. Yeah, just for the even money. Evan, I think you already also prefaced this <laughs> as a stay away. But do you do you have opinions? Yeah. So uh, it's tough because the Cowboys are inconsistent. But they're yeah. consistently inconsistent, so you kind of <laughs> right. know that that's coming your way. And I, I can see an argument. I can't see an argument for the under. I can see an argument for the stay away, and I can see an argument for the bet the over. So you have Dak Prescott, who arguably is a top four quarterback in the NFC. Arguably. Uh, you have Tony Pollard coming off of injury, so that's a question with the running game. Are they going to draft a running back? They got rid of Zeke. There's talks of potentially bringing him back. Their offensive line is still pretty good. They added Brandon Cooks to finally have a wide receiver two for CeeDee Lamb because Michael Gallup may be getting paid like a wide receiver two, but he doesn't play like a wide receiver two. Um, so getting that is is big. They very well could draft a tight end in this draft cycle, or they could let Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot see what they have. And then you have a defense with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons rushing the passer with Vayton, uh, Wayton Vanderush 
as a linebacker for him. And then you also added Stefan Gilmore to go on the opposite side of Trevon Diggs. Like I, I can see a path to them winning 11 games and going 11 and six. So I, because of being an Eagles fan, I'm probably going to stay away because I don't have any interest in putting my money on the Cowboys. Uh, but if I was not an Eagles fan, I would probably put money on the over nine and a half. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. Moving right along to the the New York Giants over eight and a half, uh, under eight and a half. The the under is the, the juice line here at minus 130. Over is slightly plus money at plus 110, which is kind of interesting. They they did win nine games last year. Um, so so right on that line. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because again, nothing has really changed for them. They're basically the same team from last year. Maybe they'd congel a little more with another year of, of Dable. Maybe they add some some wide receiver help, which that would be great. They added a, a Darren Waller. So that's something that that that's a pretty big upgrade, actually. Um, but in terms of wide receivers purely, it's it's pretty rough still. Uh, you know, one of their like better players was Richie James, as crazy as that is to say, but he is not on the team anymore. So that's something to consider. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a little surprised that their over-under is basically their their line from last year or their wins from last year, even with a Darren Waller upgrade. Um, and them, like, you know, I would expect them to add some sort of wide receiver help of note because it, it's not a great scene over there right now. So a little surprised at the plus money for eight and a half. That might be where I lay my bet, if anywhere, but I'm not super excited about it. Um, definitely not excited about the under minus one thirty. Uh, that that line doesn't really make a, a ton of sense for me. I think Darren Waller has a chance uh, to to make this a, a nine ten win team. So I think that's where I'm at. I think I'm going under. I just I think they won with a lot of smoke and mirrors last year. I really like Daniel Jones. I need to see more weapons there. Um, Saquon's great. Waller's a good addition. I just. I don't, there's just something about them that I can't fully, I don't know if it's a Jim Jones, I don't know. It, there's something I just can't fully wrap myself around yet, and I don't know why. Hmm. Until I, I need to see it another year. Um, I think, I think I, I wouldn't bet it, but I think I would go with the under probably. Um, by the way, Corey, take a shot, take a guess. Uh, Mariners were beating Cubs 7-0 in the second inning. Guess the score. Uh, 7-0. 14-8 Cubs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did we blow it so bad? The M's are... The Mariners are bad at baseball. Jesus. Okay. Great. Eight runs in the third... Yeah. Eric. <laughs> Grand uh okay. Well that that is uh that so, is uh, not great. Yeah, okay. Your shirt's working. Should have worn my Mariners hat. Damn it. Hold on. <laughs> the rally cap. When we started the pod, Evan, it was seven oh Mariners in the second inning. And and I was sad and Corey was telling me how I should have worn a cup shirt. And now Cubs are up fourteen and eight, so uh, we're uh, oh, you got two innings for the rally. We'll see. 
Let's go, Wims. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, we got to keep moving here. Uh, let, uh, here. Here's one that we can really talk about. I don't know. Wait, did we, Evan, did you give your Giants? Or is it stay away for you? Yeah, it's it's stay away. I mean, okay. you stay away and wean to the over again. I mean, okay. Daniel Jones is a decent, decent enough quarterback. Saquon's still Saquon. You know, he's an elite level talent. Their tackles are both pretty darn good in Evan Neal and uh, Andrew Thomas. So they need interior offensive line help. You look at that as a clear need. And they have a bunch of day three picks that they can address. Just, just take shots at interior offensive linemen. I think they have like three seventh round picks, like two sixth round picks, two fifth round picks. Uh, they just have an insane amount of day three capital. And then you look at the wide receiver room and you're just like, I have no clue who's catching anything this year. Yep, pretty much going to be. I mean, I, I actually have made a few trades for Darren Waller, just expecting him to kind of be the number one target in the offense. Uh, I added him to my Barbarians League, uh, which is a 10-team league, uh, non-superflex. And I, I I traded the 110 just straight up for Darren Waller. Uh, and that's a two tight end league and tight end premium, by the way. And now I have him paired with Travis Kelsey as my two tight ends. So feeling pretty, <laughs> pretty happy about that. Um, that's also the team I sent you, Evan, that you said would break the league where I have Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Tony Pollard, CD Lamb, uh, T Higgins, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, <laughs> just a ridiculous team. But uh, moving on to the next one, I mean, Evan, do you kind of want to sound off on, on this next one with the, uh, with the Philly Eagles? Oh yeah. With the Eagles, I mean, they're going to be an 11 or 12 win team. I mean, that's, that's over all under I have to 10 say. and a half. Yeah. Over under 10 and a half. So pretty, pretty good line, but you, you would definitely push the, the over. I would expect them to, yeah. to do pretty well. I would push the over. And I, honestly, I would push the entire NFC um, skewed towards the over. I think the entire division is going to beat up on each other a little bit. So I think temper expectations there um, for the total numbers, but I think everybody in that division just beats the crap out of the rest of the NFC. Um, okay. Well, last and least here, which we like to do. I think we did the same thing last week with the, I think it was the Raiders. <laughs> they were the last and least uh, with the Washington commies uh, over under at seven and a half, seven and a half uh, is slightly plus money for the over uh under is minus 135 if it wasn't so juiced i'd probably just hammer the under because i think they gonna be stanky <laughs> they have uh they have sam howell or uh or jacoby Brissett. will it be Brissett though because they are leaning howell right no. now <laughs> no I don't think that defense is good. I think they're in kind of a rough division. I don't know. I probably a stay away, and especially with the juice under, probably a stay away. But gun to my head, I don't think I don't know if they're gonna win eight. Probably an under. I think under is right, but I think Jacoby could make it interesting. They did win eight last year. That was exactly the number. So I don't know. They're they're a weird team. Yep. Some good weapons, you know, McLaurin, Dotson, uh the tandem of like Gibson Robinson is okay it's not the worst defense isn't i said it was bad but it's not like terrible their defense is okay um but yeah just the big the the qb is the big question there and jacoby Brissett has proven serviceable for sure but as the like day one season long starter i'd uh, i'd be a little nervous yeah, so stay 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 away from me. Um, mainly because I think their defensive line is actually one of the better defensive lines in football. 
I think their secondary is atrocious. And yeah. I think they need a lot of help in the secondary. I think they need to figure out what the heck they're doing at quarterback. And I think they need some offensive line help. So you put all that together. And that to me is just a question mark type of team. So I'm going to stay away. No, I do feel, I feel like the, the D line thing too is, is kind of heavily like accentuated by whether or not Chase Young is, can like be healthy, which he has not exactly been the picture of health. Uh, the last few seasons since he had his big knee injury. So something to monitor. If he can come back and be a guy, I mean, he he still is incredibly talented. If he can be healthy, then that that's a huge addition for them. But yeah, something to monitor. Uh, and yeah, that, that I mean, that takes it to the end of, of the list here, guys. Uh, funny enough, we started out really strong with the, uh, with the NFC West and having three clear bets that we were all very happy with actually placing bets on. And then literally the rest of these lines were either we weren't enthused or were totally stayaways or like eh, kind of lead this way or this way, but the the juice kind of stinks. So yeah, I mean, I thought we were gonna have more bets than the AFC, but we ended up with like two or three less, which is kind of interesting. Bears kind of one, right? Because we were both over, and I was pretty emphatically. You know what? Oh yeah, we'll call that over. We'll call that over. I'll I'll green light that one. But even then, we're we're like two under the AFC. Quick, quick, off the top of your head, who's the first coach fired this year? I think it's Rivera. Oh, I was gonna say Rivera. That was gonna be mine. I, I I was thinking Rivera, and then I was like, can I think of anyone not Rivera? And that that's the one that sticks, man. I, I think you're right. I think that's the answer. Evan, who do you think? What about Arthur Smith? He's up there. If they get off to a real stinky start. That's funny too because both guys that have taken that are taking like pretty big gambles on specifically the QB position. So that's kind of like an interesting corollary there. And I I think we know that that could definitely lead to like you losing your job if you make this big swing or like kind of in Rivera's case like kind of a <laughs> like a less of a swing on on the QB position like you better hope that your choice works out or you're not going to have a job. There is a non-0% chance it's Bill Belichick. You don't think he gets like tenure, like legend status? Did you not hear the reports coming out of the winter meetings about how... Yeah. I've heard. In public and basically saying... We either make the playoffs this year or there's going to be tough choices. Like, if it gets bad enough in the season with Bill and, like, how much um, he and Mac are fighting now, he and Mac mm-hmm. Jones, talk about trading Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. You're 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 kind of convincing me. I, I Man, I, I you have to on. imagine the whole but, Northeast would, would, like, there'd be some – I mean, I guess if they're losing, maybe not. But I just feel like firing Bill Belichick would lead to, like – Mini riots. <laughs> you would think so, but I I, I think it's you, you, you're right. If they lose, then yeah, interesting. Um, All right. Um. Well, yeah. Like I said before, this was kind of our last week before we can really dive deep into uh, like really get into the rookie talk, which I imagine is going to be a lot of what we do for the next couple of weeks up until the draft. Um. So we got that to look forward to. Uh, hope we were able to provide some some pretty good lines for you guys to, to find some value with. 
uh, if you're if you're the betting type. But look forward to the next couple of shows really getting into these rookies um, leading up to not only the NFL draft, but the RPG rookie drafts, which I really like the fact that we have so many RPG leagues now. We're up to like 22, 23, and the draft day is all the same day for all of those leagues. It is May 12th, I believe, that that second weekend in May we're going to be kick. <laughs> I'm going to be looking at 23 or 24 rookie drafts all on the same day, which is going to be pretty wild. So looking forward to that. Going to be a good time. I have a nice little array too. You know, I have some teams that I don't have any first rounders. I have some teams that have a bunch of like, you know, one to seven. Uh, I have some teams that have mids. I have some teams that have lates. So we'll see how it all shakes out. It should have a good, uh, I should have some good exposure to a bunch of the guys taken in the first round this year. Uh, already, I, I mean, we've already done Alchemist League, right? Eric, you're in that Alchemist Ones League. And I I got, I don't know if I even told you, Evan, but I got uh, CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson at the two and three uh, on pretty QB needy teams. You know, obviously Bijan went first. Uh, and then I rounded that out. I think at the 108, I got uh, Zach Charbonnet. I got Meyer at 111. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I think it was 110 because 111, I think, was Zay Flowers, oh, which right. I, I had 112, and I was like, ooh, baby, gonna get Zay Flowers, and then freaking sell DB or whatever sniped him from me, and then I went into his DMs and was like, hey, man, uh, you want to, like, move back one spot, and I'll take Flowers, and I'll give you, like, the 205 for, like, 112, and I get Flowers, and he's like, I have no interest in trading Flowers.
That's pretty spicy. 